0: Okay folks, today we are going to discuss chemical weathering and I remember even my first time teaching this topic and thinking to myself, I can't do this. When actually, when we kind of structure and break this down into a process, like if we structure our answers out here, this is a very easy topic to cover and a very easy topic to apply to Exam questions not just on chemical weathering, but on karst landscapes, and I'm gonna discuss that in a bit more detail as I go through the podcast. But I just want to let you know this can be daunting. Looking in, I see the word chemical, and I think I can't do that. When when we break this down, it's very very easy to kind of see where we can use this information. So bear with me with that, and hopefully you can follow along with this structure. So brief overview of what we kind of need to know. We need to know that. We need to know two processes of chemical weathering in a lot more detail than the rest. I'm going to go through carbonation and hydrolysis for the sake of this podcast. They'd be my kind of go-to when I have to discuss the kind of effect of chemical weathering on rocks one thing that i will kind of highlight to you from the outside here is that i like to watch some videos on this google carbonation google hydrolysis there's loads of good like cartoon videos of these processes actually taking place i as i've said i'm the type of person that needs to kind of be able to see a visual representation of what's happening and if you can't find like a good video on carbonation or hydrolysis get in contact with me i have videos cartoon videos that i can that i can send on and they really help me learn this so that's just that's the mindset you need to be looking at this we need to be able to visually represent these processes Other, otherwise they're just words on the page so getting into the content um chemical weathering is the breakdown of rock through chemical reactions between minerals in the rock and the earth's environment so these kind of chemical reactions cause changes in both the physical appearance and chemical composition of rock that's the difference between chemical and mechanical weathering there's a change in the chemical composition of the rock. So, first process of chemical weathering I'm going to discuss here is carbonation. And I remember my first time even teaching this, I was bricking myself. I was like, what is actually going on here? I've kind of broke this down into a six-step structure to how I'm going to discuss this. So, follow this along in the six steps here and it's kind of helped me alongside a visual representation of what's happening. So like a video or a cartoon of carbonation taking place. But anyway, so when rainwater falls through the atmosphere, it mixes with carbon dioxide. So this forms what we call a weak carbonic acid. So as the, as the rainwater hits the ground, it's reacting with rocks that are made from calcium carbonate, for example, limestone. When that carbonic acid reacts with the calcium carbonate in limestone, it changes to a calcium bicarbonate, which is a soluble mineral, which just means that it can be dissolved. So the rock limestone in general is kind of prone to carbonation as it it kind of has what I like to call lines of weakness. And these lines of weakness are in the bedding planes and the joints. So these lines of weakness kind of allow the carbonic acid to run along the joints, run along the bedding planes, and it causes them to widen. This produces a very distinct landscape, which we call a karst landscape, and it produces these kind of very distinctive underground and surface features that we're going to, we're gonna look at in a lot more detail when we look at the karst landscape in the next chapter so it produces these surface features of clints dykes, cairns these underground features of like full caves stalagmites, stalactites and we're gonna we're gonna look at them features in a lot more detail in the next chapter the karst landscape i am just highlighting to this to this to you now because this is where we create a link between carbonation and karst landscapes and how we can use this information here to pad out our answers about karst landscapes and use the information in karst landscapes to pad out our answer here so the process of carbonation plays a huge part in the development of underground and surface features on a karst landscape the karst landscape we're going to study is the burn just making you aware of that now don't be afraid to make like to create a link there. Don't be afraid to discuss um karst landscapes when this comes up because it's directly affecting them and it's just shown you're being a critical thinker and linking different chapters. So when I'm kind of discussing carbonation, I like to include a diagram or include the chemical equation to just kind of pad out your answer here, fill out your answer it with a bit more detail, and they're just easy S there. And then again, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought there. When then again when I'm discussing this, um just to kind of show we're being critical thinkers again, we're thinking outside the box. I I sometimes like to discuss like that there's a correlation between an increased burning of fossil fuels, which leads to an increase of like the process of carbonation taking place. So if we think about how this might affect Ireland, if we don't kind of switch to a more renewable energy, more renewable energy sources, fossil fuel... Fossil fuel consumption and burning will still be high. This leads to increased carbonation, which in which leads to the disintegr- disintegration of karst landscapes. Which I'm going to describe that in layman's terms. There, so the more fossil fuels we burn, the more carbonation that takes place. The more kind of weathering and erosion that takes place on our on the burn in County Clare, which is a huge kind of tourist attraction. So maybe we could discuss the impacts of carbonation on tourism in the burn and how they're gonna have a detrimental future effect if we don't reduce our kind of rate of burning fossil fuels. If I've lost you there, don't worry, that's kind of just getting further down the line, but that's a place I like to bring them notes, kind of shows you're thinking outside the box. Okay, moving on to the second process of chemical weathering that we're gonna discuss, which is hydrolysis. So hydrolysis is probably the most common type of chemical weathering, and it occurs when water reacts with other minerals in the rock just like carbonation. And before I get into the kind of content here, um, I just want to discuss something that's kind of helped me go through this, learn this hydrolysis process. So sounds very fancy. I like to think of hydrolysis of the process of a rock turning soft. So we, we know rocks are kind of these hard, dense materials. Hydrolysis is the process which turns that rock soft. So when we're working through the content here, we're always thinking back, all that's happening here is the rock is turning from hard to soft. Okay, so acidic rain or carbonic rain causes the rock forming minerals to turn into softer, weaker material. So an example of that is the mineral feldspar. This goes through a chemical change when it reacts with acidic rain that turns it to a softer mineral called kaolin. So, kaolin is just like Chinese clay, like moldable clay. So, kaolin does not bond well and breaks down very easily. So, it weakens the rock structure. Remember, this is where we just go back to how simple this process is. It's the process of the rock turning soft. So, kaolin does not bond well and breaks down easily, which re- weakens the rock structure, which is that process of the rock turning from hard to soft. This causes the rock to decompose and break down over time. And this occurs in kind of warm, wet regions, such as like Southeast Asian countries like Thailand. And they say for every 10 degrees Celsius increase in temperature, the rate of hydrolysis doubles. Um, it's kind of an important process that takes place, like it plays an important role in the formation of clay soils and minerals. And these have like really important functions when we look at the production of food. So our kind of we rely on these soils and minerals. In our production of food, so that's just a good thing to know. It's it can be a positive thing, and if kind of making a creating a link to plate tectonics here, if we think four hundred million years ago, when the Leinster Batlet was forming, hydrolysis played a huge role in the shape of the Leinster Batlet As Ireland would have experienced a much warmer climate four hundred million years ago, due to the theory of plate tectonics, and it would have just played a role in shaping what the Leinster Batlet looks like i'm finally going into our kind of exam breakdown here short question wise just like mechanical weathering matching photos with different types of weathering brief definitions of what that type of weathering is so just having this kind of overview of knowledge of the content kind of so having a brief description of what everything is and 30 markers it's never actually been asked to discuss two processes of chemical weathering as i said questions are becoming a lot more specific as we get further down the line here so i would not Rule that question coming out in the future. Discuss two processes of chemical weathering. And in the past, has came up, discuss one process of mechanical weathering and one process of chemical weathering. So in that case, i discuss discuss freestyle action and carbonation. Seven-ish SRPs each. And then what we're going to get into discuss in the next podcast, discuss how chemical weathering has shaped a karst landscape. And this is where we're going to create a link between carbonation. And surface and underground features in the Karst landscape, and that will become more apparent to you as we cover the content there. I'm gonna finish up here, 10 minutes on the dot. Absolutely delighted with myself. Speak soon.